it's episode 13 of Misinformed Nation for September 5th, 2021. I'm telling you all to rise for his majesty, the one and only king of Kent. It's Gwyth, the cock. Stop coming to cuddle your arrows, baby. And next up, I'm going to need everybody to take off all their clothes because it's Sir Spencer Wolf of KC. That's right. Here in the buff. Of course, you can find Sir Spencer at Bowl After Bowl and Gwiff the Cock at AI.Cooking. And I'm Booberry, Mothman in the Miniocalypse from Behind the Schemes. Beautiful. You're getting a little Howdy. better every time. <laughs> Still never going to beat that first one that was never released. Oh, the lost episode. Man, man. Yeah. The lost We're stacking one. them up for the DVD extra. <laughs> Bonus content. I can't wait till that one drops. That's going to be fun. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, the show I brought today was a show that I brought to the lost one, too. So I had to rebring it just, just to get it on oh. the damn show. Lickle nipple tease, everyone. Yeah, Lickle nipple know. tease. But it's new clips from that show, so. If you ever if you ever do release the lost show, oh, it's more be, content. Yeah, exactly. It won't be That's, anything duplicated. I like it. We love that. Well, All right. You, you, you you gonna go? You gonna go? Y- do it? Yeah. Let's just let's get right into it. Why not? Why not? Um, well, you can go ahead and play clip one as the big reveal. Welcome to Phone Boy Speaks, a short, irregularly produced podcast about whatever happens to be on my mind. When I started this podcast way back in the end of 2012. I don't know. I, I had more higher ambitions for it, I guess. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, I, I decided to do a daily podcast or try to do a daily podcast. And, you know, the idea being something very short and I still do fairly short podcasts considering the, you know, the three and four hour things I listen to sometimes. Uh, but, uh, and I try to get my thoughts in and out. And, and honestly, like, again, my goal with Creating this podcast was to get myself better at articulating my thoughts in a short period of time, hopefully with less ums and ahs and that kind of thing. And hopefully I've gotten better at that. That's really funny. <laughs> you clipped so, the one that I listened to this week. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. So, uh, Phone Boy Speaks, I brought into the first uh, episode that's the lost episode that no one's heard. Well, a few people have heard. Insiders. But got to uh, be in the, in the know. Yeah, you've got to be on the list. Otherwise, we have to take you out. That's right. Cock that's star. right. But uh, I thought that this was a really good episode to kind of go through since since our podcast is sort of a podcast by podcasters for podcasters about podcasting. <laughs> there you it's go. That's, of, that's, that's on the label of the, uh, the source that we sell on the shop. Exactly. It's, it's right there on the back. I figured it'd be good to, you know, kind of have a little discussion about some of this stuff. Some of these things that are just universal to all of us. Yeah. Uh, podcasting stuff. And yeah, podcasting stuff. Like, uh, you know, 2012. Phone Boy started way back in 2012. Wow. That's a long and, So, how many uh, episodes is he in? This, this particular one isn't, is 1379, but he's at 1380. So, he what? even put one out between this one and the. <laughs> is he keeping pace with no agenda? He's. Um, I think he's crested past them. Whoa. I don't know. It's close. I just got an image of all of us as surfers and our surfboards are the podcast and phone boys just like waving at Adam and John on their surfboard going, see you later, douchebags. <laughs> T- today's was uh, 1379. So he is one episode ahead of No Agenda. Whoa, 
Almighty. In total episode numbers. However, Stay on that board, phone boy. Stay on the board. The phone boy, of course, uh, has an average episode length of probably eight or nine minutes. Something like that. Oh, okay. So oh, they're I quick. They're quick and they're wham wham. They're in and out. Uh, but yeah, what, what? When did you guys start as podcasters? What? what how long you been uh, squawking uh, into mics? Mama's abs in a abs in a six pack in the in the car. I, I don't know about a year ago, maybe. Um, it happened. We recorded our first episode before all the riots popped off last year, so that probably would have been uh, May of twenty twenty. April, April 2020. I'd be interested to know how many podcast Power Rangers from the No Agendaverse have been prompted by recent events, as in the last year, two years, to actually do something and participate in this wonderful scene that's, that's unfolding in front of us. No doubt. I mean, there's... And, oh, by the way, do we have sort of like a feedback uh, channel or email or something? Like that? Oh, that's Is it idea. all of we us individually, thing, or like people that people that are listening? How um, do they? How do they correspond? How do they shout at us? I mean, I know you can always email us individually, like Spencer at bullafterbull dot com will always go to me. But yeah, you find me on, on the No Agenda socials all the times. Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of a discombobulation at the moment. There's no real home base set up, and well, most well, of because I've got this URL, haven't I? So once. Um, we get this thing and we can point people to a specific place and then hopefully from there they can do that. Yeah. Well, that, I, I want to, I want to find like a, I don't know. You're right. There should be one central email that uh, folks could reach out in regards specifically to this show. Yeah. Um, that seems simple enough to do, doesn't it? Yeah. I figured, you know, some of these clips could kind of jumpstart the process of, you know, just starting to think about the direction of this particular show. And, you know, we've talked about playing with different formats. And so um, it's tough, especially for a show this meta, to kind of form out of a lump of clay what's going to be the future. And hey, uh, we've got we've got David. Very we've got early. Under, we've got Michelangelo's David lying under this this clay here. It's, it is. It's under this there. thing into beautiful, something beautiful. But um, um, what I mean, I just say stuff without knowing how hard it is to do. But, <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> and just expect everyone else to fill in the gaps. But um, stuff like having a a, a a show notes page where we we have the clips posted, like so people can take them and and you know have them. Is that a thing that can be done? Because they do it with no agenda, don't they? Well, since we took the time to shame me on air, uh, I will move this up my priority list to get taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> And phone boy will help you. <laughs> there you go. Um, so phone boy just sp- speaks into a mic and just does his thoughts a bit. Is it a bit like, um, cause I have never heard phone boy. I shamefully have to say, even though I love the guy to bits, I just never got around to listening to the show of his, but is it cause I, I do listen to, um, Billy bones. Is it a bit Billy bonesy where he's just sort of having a chat? Yeah. You know, it's just whatever's on his mind. And I would recommend if you never heard any of them, just go to, um, number one, <laughs> what you could start at number one, but you can kind of scroll down the list and look at the titles and see if anything jumps out. Uh, right. phoneboy.com slash PS is where the okay. podcast lives. And so then the you titles can click are very on, good then they're like, they, they tell it. What, what's the title of this one? This one is called podcasting ruminations. Hmm. This okay. episode 1379. 
Uh, Should we have a listen to the next one and then and, see what you uh, have to say? Yeah, let's hear clip two because it brings up a couple more questions. However, putting out a podcast on a daily basis is a lot of work. And even though I do pre-record a bunch of these at one sitting, yeah, I still got to do it, right? There's still an effort to, I don't know, record the podcasts, uh, put together show notes, this, that, and the other. Yeah, it's in the process could be easier, I'm sure, but... I still got to hit the record button and say some stuff and think about what I want to say. Do the so work. exactly. It's, it's, it's not just talking into a mic. Um, especially if you're like the main Capitan, like uh, boobs is for this sh- particular show, you know, He's there's the whole, leader. there's the whole planning, setting a time there's uh recording, there's parsing it out, uh, you know, maybe you'd run a quick delete silence, whatever kind of post-production you might do. There's show notes, there's posting it, uh, actually, you know, putting it on the RSS feed. So, uh, I guess I wanted to talk about through all of our various shows, like what process solutions have been helpful. And then as far as motivator, what's your biggest motivator and what's your biggest hurdle to motivation? when you're doing just a show in general, whether it's this one or your own. Go on, you go out to the plate, babes, with that. I'll think about it for a bit. Um, This show, it's more so just keeping on top of actually listening for stuff that could be interesting to bring to the show. Yeah. And remembering that there's only seven days in a given week and you better get that fucking message out if you want anybody to play with you come Friday at the absolute latest. And, uh, yeah. I, I'm just I'm sort of in this realm where Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday go by so quickly and then it comes mm-hmm. to the weekend and that's when I usually start to prep for behind the schemes, which is uh I mean between the show art and cutting together the intermission uh sound bed and then doing all the show notes, that's that could be uh Saturday, Sunday, a Sunday into Monday when I get off of work at three o'clock, all the way up until show. Um, yeah. Yikes. I'm probably 40 hours full time on my job and 20 hours and just trying to find the material to talk about. And then, You're uh, a hero. That's what you are. <laughs> Podcast Power Ranger. No doubt. What color you want to be? You can pick a color. Um, but the biggest motivator is that I know at 9 o'clock on Monday, I'm going to hit that fucking live button for behind the schemes and I better have all my stuff ready to go. Yeah, I would agree with the that weekly thing, at least for Bull After Bull. It's like there's a certain time where it just DH Unplug gets over and then I, we switch live and then we're going, you know? It's like... Yeah. So it's time, is what you're saying? The, the, it's the, the, the onward it's, march of time. Yes, the whole show must go on thing, the performative aspect of it. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I used to be a tour guide at this coffee plant, coffee roasting plant, and I had this sort of same motivation to keep being a tour guide is like it just keeps me sharp it keeps me you know i could be having a good week or a bad week i could be totally prepared maybe even over prepared or i could be not prepared at all all of these different circumstances when the when the show goes live all of that doesn't matter it's like time you know and you have to be there and you have to perform and you just have to be on no matter what the circumstances and that's kind of what motivates me and keeps me coming back i just love that kind of uh all right. So you for know, me, it just keeps me sharp. Main motivator is is a, is a dude called CSB. 
Like, I will pass you the transcript and you can record Saturday night. And I'm like, uh, maybe Sunday? Night has to be in for afternoon agenda. I've, I've talked to the CSB for the very first time last night on Jitsi. Nice. <gasps> Did he turn up? Oh, nice. Yeah. Is it after I went? And it was something was about saying, yeah. Austrians being pieces of shit. He really does not like the Austrians at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, him, definitely. But when I start, because my, my plan is to launch on my birthday, my 33rd birthday, October 7th, and have a show a day for six days a week, um, and then one day off. And Ooh. so what I'm doing at the moment is just um, getting them in the can and just getting my head around the regularity of just being able to fit that into my uh, schedule. Basically, less sleep was the answer that I came Right, <laughs> yep, yeah. that's, that's true. That's that's a big uh, ingredient for sure. I'm down to four hours a night now. So That's, that's how Phone Boy started off too, was that daily thing. I don't think I could ever do a daily. We kind of played with like uh, the idea of a daily bowl where we have just like a short news bulletin that's more like just straight weed news and that's it, like five minutes or like less uh-huh. than 10 for sure. Is there enough to do that? There's enough weed news coming in for sure. Uh, new stuff is written all the time, every day, but um, it's just kind of like, that's the thing. You would probably have to bang them all out on one day, most practically, but then that wouldn't be really that great for material necessarily because it's not timely if you're doing them all. You're just no. basically still doing a weekly you're just and chopping those weeklies up into pieces. Fine boy's doing because he's obviously just thinking about stuff. He's not doing a top like that's more topical, right. whereas you, you're and relying on your your input. For phone boy too, I should say that it's been a very long time since it was a daily. He you know started off with the intentions of making a daily, but it's right. definitely it's just an irregularly published uh, mm. podcast. In fact, he'd only did one for July of this month. Oh, he must have been busy. Yeah. yeah. Should we hear um, more of him? Yeah, let's go to clip three and uh, ponder some more things. Yeah, that, I mean, I used to listen to podcasts on a Nokia phone back in the you know back in the two thousands. Uh, you know, the, you know, shortly after Adam Curry, uh, you know, effectively created podcasting. Right? I think it's a you know that it's uh, really that's the only form of entertainment I, I partake in, um, other than the occasional NFL game. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's all podcasts all the time. So two questions. First, when did you first get into podcasting? Uh, what was the first podcast you heard and when? And then second, today, currently, what percentage of your entertainment intake is podcasting? Oh, Cliff, why don't you take this one first? So f- first podcast was a show called, um, oh, uh, Witter, I think it's Wittertainment. And it's, um, it's on BBC Radio 5 Live. And it's a film critic show, critique show with a guy called Simon Mayo and Mark Commode and the two guys. And one's a film critic and the other one's a radio guy who's on BBC Radio 2 in the afternoons or something, has like a daily drive show or something. So he's uh, they're, they're pros. And I used to listen to that through college when I was 17, which was, uh, was it like 39 years ago? I don't know. Was I 32 soon? So you didn't have, no, 33 soon. That's the one. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I used to listen to that. That was good. But then um, when Trump came along, um, they were just it just turned into a anti-Trump thing, and I, <laughs> they had the they had their little memos from for higher ups. And but in a weird way, they kind of both. Th- this is the thing, right? With the indoctrination that goes on, 
and the compartmentalization of that indoctrination um people that work on these shows and in, and, and these personalities they're not having to make up what they what they're saying they're feeling what they're saying because they agree with it they're passionate about what what it is that they're, they're they actually genuinely hate freedom for some reason i don't know why but anyway um so that yeah that was uh uh, don't listen to it anymore. I should clip it, actually. I should go back to it. But I want to do my own film, movie film review show. So we'll do that instead. We'll do it with Sir C. Sir. It'll be way more fun. Um, oh, and, the, and the percentage thing, it's probably, I don't know, 100, uh, 97, 98. Yeah. Well, actually, tell a lie, because uh, when I sit down with a missus, I do watch a bit of Netflix. Yeah. And, um, and then when I'm, like, proper, like, too drunk for Jitsi, I go inside and I'll watch, like, um, something that someone's recommended. At the moment, I'm watching... Um, lower deck star trek from uh, someone on no agenda social carolyn and nick the rat and all that was all saying talking about it and so I thought oh that well. star trek cartoon yeah i okay. um when i'm like absolutely smashed at like two two half at two what was it two three o'clock in the morning sometimes maybe later and i just need something to like send me off to sleep that's perfect although you do lose where you're at and you have to keep going back uh, the amount of times i think i've seen the same episode over i don't know it takes me a while to see something what about you, babes? What was what was your first podcast? Uh, there's two that come to mind, um, and it's actually there's a there's a little bit of a synchronicity with the first one that I'm going to name. It was a show called All Systems Goku, and it was these two fans of pro wrestling going through the Dragon Ball Z Kai series, which is where they took out all the filler episodes of Dragon Ball Z and they condensed it down and they chopped out however many episodes and really streamlined the story and it was just these two guys cold watching it for the first time um but the second show that i it it probably happened right around the same time that i really got into was higher side chats with greg carlwood oh nice i was having very strange and peculiar things happening with me and there was things going on inside of my head that i'm not sure what they were um because it not only did it feel very physical at the time, but there was a, a real spiritual edge to it. Uh, and basically what I kind of ch- chalked it up to be in was a uh, third eye forcing itself open. Uh, it was very freaky at times. I mean, there was times where it felt like someone had shot off a 22 inside of my head. Does it hurt if you, if someone taps on it really hard? Like, um, finger? <laughs> you know, most of the time, unfortunately I was by myself when this happened. But uh, I would get up and like I would take out my Leatherman knife and start pricking my fingers one by one to make sure I still had sensation going because whatever had happened was just so incredibly intense. But there was just synchronicity after synchronicity um, after crazy shit happening nonstop. And uh, Yikes. I was talking to a local stagehand uh, in Schenectady and he was like, hey, my buddy does this show. You might be into it. He's into all, all the sort of metaphysical stuff and it was higher side chats and that really wait so the guy's buddy is the dude that does higher side chats yeah oh sweet so you're like what once removed from uh like the that oh greg carwood yeah <laughs> uh cool. and good name good strong name greg like that carwood <laughs> but uh after after i discovered greg and he started going on other people's shows that's how i found tinfoil hat grimerica and yeah the old I mean, circle jerk begun the, the the rest is sort of podcasting history. Yeah. What about you, Spence? What For me, uh, I got into it in 2013. 
because I was working at a cookie shop, and I, that's when I first started doing the podcast listening, because I just had time to kill. You know, I'd be like eight or nine hour shifts just making cookie dough, just big ass batches of cookie dough. Oh, right. And so I didn't really have to talk to anybody. And I actually didn't. It's funny enough. Um, oh, really? huh. I didn't really eat much of it. I'd eat a little bit, but <laughs> not much of it. It gets old after a while, you know. An undefined amount still. Yeah, some here and there, let's say. But uh, <laughs> I would say probably Rogan was like the first thing, but. Ah. The whole period there was a lot of like uh, the JRE plus Mark Marin's uh, What the Fuck plus uh, a little bit of Hardcore History, Dan Carlin's podcast. Okay. Um, I feel so like, unenlightened. You, I don't know. Like, was the, I don't know the last one definitely, but there were a f- there was just a few uh, like that, and then I posted something about how awesome Rogan was on my Facebook. Uh, which I still had at the time. And somebody just commented like, if you like that, you'd really love no agenda. And <gasps> no. Through th- yeah. Through the Zuck, you got no agenda through Zuckerberg. Yeah. And uh, I listened to no agenda and it actually made everything else harder to listen to. Cause then all of <laughs> yeah, like the memes so at the time, which was like, that was like at the bring back our girls era and that sort of thing. Um, when I first started listening to the show, like late 2013 and uh it was just like you know then i would hear these bogus memes like being repeated on other shows and just roll my eyes because i like (sighs) you know i i know the origin story and all this you know it's been dissected and then i'm like oh and it just like (laughs) it kind of shaved my podcast listening down to mostly just no agenda i mean I, i struggle to listen to anything like this week i've had quite a busy week but i've managed to keep up with it um, I can't listen live ever, but uh, I get there in the end. But I can d- definitely do both the episodes of No Agenda and then having a little bit of time extra. Like sometimes I have 20 minutes here or there. And then that's the, the issue with doing this show, like um, for me, because like what we were saying before, I enjoy No Agenda so much. It's um, it's tough to actually listen to other stuff sometimes in my no life doubt. and fit it in. Yeah, it's um, hard, especially, you know, seeing more shows in the sort of universe here and uh, meeting more of the people. Uh, at least online, mostly, uh, you yeah. kind of feel like an obligation to support and listen to their shows, and then there's only so many hours in a week, and then, mm. you know, heaven forbid you get actually busy in your own personal life. Like, like uh, this is this a, past week was kind of crazy game for over, me. Man. Game over, man. Game over. This is a unaddressed. <laughs> it's like, good luck it's to you. <laughs> we're we are in un, unexplored territory, aren't we? We are at uncharted waters when it mm-hmm. comes to doing all that. Like podcasting 2.0 is a perfect example for cutting edge. Um, you've, but it's a cutting edge in a, a really brilliant sort of cooperative manner, which is so refreshing and needed and necessary. And it's just happening in an organic sense and we can't knock it in any way, shape or form. But um, it's 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 a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to serve, sir. I'll stand well, up proud. Let's go to clip four. I, we can talk a little bit about how we... Uh how we're serving. I did realize that I failed to answer the other part of that question. Oh, um, right. The percentage of, Oh yeah. Percentage. Yeah, yeah. I get in about 40 hours of shows a week and then Jeez. the live shows. I try and catch those when they come out. Wowza. So four. wow, man. Well, you know, I get to work at seven o'clock and I'm done at three. Okay. Yeah. I'm just working so by work myself. Overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that definitely helps a lot. So I'll just, and 
I will say there is a detriment to that because so much does sort of blow by. Yeah. Um, but I like to think that I listen to a lot of really, really good phenomenal shows. And well, if your subconscious is absorbing it, like that's the main. Yeah. And there's definitely things that just scream out to me. Uh, yeah. Like, wow. This is this is some gnarly stuff that they're talking about. Yeah. Like you hear something and you have to like hit the back 15 seconds buffer. Yeah. Like several times sometimes yeah. just to catch it all because you still got to focus on work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as like watching stuff or consuming stuff outside of podcasts, I just watch anime now with the keeper. <laughs> nice. nice. So we've been watching My Hero Academia. So we're doing a kill a kill, which is the the famous uh, you pigs in human clothing ISO yep. from No Agenda. Oh really? And, oh, cool. uh, that was an anime. Yes, and I will have maybe a mini report on behind the schemes about it tomorrow. We haven't finished Ooh. it, but uh, oh, okay. quite enjoying it. Nipple, nipple, tickle, tickle. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I hit you with this clip four now? Yeah, let's hear clip four. Like getting into podcasting was, yeah, I was thinking, oh, I don't know, maybe somebody will like what I do, but I'm not, um, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, putting a huge amount of production value by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it's, it's just me speaking into a microphone. How hard can it be? Right. I mean, I used to record these things on my phone. I don't do that anymore. So yeah. Um, what, what brought you from listener to to caster? Hmm. What was yeah. that? What was that yeah. catalyst? Maybe boobs first. It was the, uh, <laughs> I think it was the government creating that monster. And they took my job away from me and sent my ass home because they deemed me unessential. And then uh, I drank for a couple of weeks while I tried to figure out if the show was going to be going back out on tour or not. And then uh, from there I was like, man, I, I just, I want to do something. I got this time to actually do a show for myself and, um, I mean, that's the thing with theater. If you're going to get paid for it, you're, you're always going to be doing somebody else's show, which is fine. I, I, I'm a big supporter in getting a job and working and doing these shows and being a part of the crew and making the show happen and yada, yada, yada. We're jerking each of each other off behind 55 gallon drums of magic backstage. Right. that all just make it happen. Yes. Yeah, brilliant stuff. But, uh, no, I just, I wanted to do something, something myself. Uh, that, yeah, was, that was purpose. pretty much it. You got to have some purpose, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. Took a while to get consistent with the show, but uh, once I got home from that tree climbing gig, it, it really sort of cemented in. Once once we going live, will make you get your shit in gear so that you're doing it yeah. once a week. That's what I yeah. really love. Um, that's kind of changed our game in the last years, that live aspect. It just, it brings this urgency, but also this, uh, I don't know, there's more energy. You're tapping into people who are like supporting you that you can just see in real time, you know, with a chat room and a live stream. Like, yeah, it's just, there's so much more, there's so much more in the voicemails. I was thinking about this uh, earlier and I was thinking about podcast and the word and how people have latched onto pod being a thing for a podcast and I'm listening to the pod and all that. I think they're casts and, but then when I was thinking about the movie film review show, um, I'm doing that in two senses of movies or films. And so I feel like there are pods, um, Hmm. and there are casts, um, no agenda, definitely a cast. There's a resonance that happens throughout listening across this world where we know what we're on. 
um, because it does span. When you're on, on the old jizzies and you're talking to, you know, three, four different time zones at once, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, we've achieved the socialist wet dream, what we're doing. We are right. as liberal as, as it could possibly be. I definitely really, think that there, uh, there's a way more esoterica feel to the word cast rather than pod. Sure, I agree. I mean, even even on my no agenda bio, it says caster behind the schemes. Pod is sort of like a dormant thing that has potential, but it's like not open. It's just like closed. But then cast is like the verb and like. Well, cast is live, isn't it? It's more, yeah. yeah. So I'd say when though, if you're doing a pre, so what I've brought today, I would consider to be a pod. Very much so. In this the most, also in, in in the most pure, and in fact, I'd say as a pod, is probably run-of-the-mill like very average just to kind of cheat over to a different clip i just was reminded of a clip that c mike sent me of the latest podcast 2.0 only two seconds but how i got into podcasting was i was fucking bored (laughs) i I didn't was it let me try it again i was was, was effing bored how i got into podcasting was i was fucking bored (laughs) (laughs) i think there's like a little bit of element of that for all of us but um For me, it was two different times I got into it because we started the show in 2014 and yeah, I was break, really yeah. big into the uh, state legalization movement. And so I just kind of wanted to have a place to sort of document what was going on for people. And then the second time around, you know, we were guests on Hog Story, my wife and I. And it was just like, we have all the setup here. We have the means to do it. We have people who seem to enjoy us there. Like, that's when we dusted off the mics and, and got back into it. And it was it was maybe a month into that that we started going live, which yeah, that really keeps it going. It's like Adam uh, was saying about uh, you just keep pushing it weekly. He said on the latest podcasting 2.0, keep doing it weekly because people yeah, like form consistency. their... Other people are forming their whole like routine around like what yeah. you're doing in your show. It's okay. It's, so, it's so wild. Okay. Uh, it clip five... Consistent. Clip five will give us uh, yet another question to ponder. You know, and I and I listen to some of those old podcasts, and I go, "God, that sounds horrible." And and you know, that's what 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 really actually puzzles me is the number of podcasts I listen to, and I go, "Do you know how bad you sound?" <laughs> so there, there's the question: uh, A, do you know how bad you sound? And B, how how often really do you even listen to your own stuff? Do you want my honest answer? Yeah, every week. You always listen to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to listen to it because that's the only real way to prove. But it's also, for me personally, it's tough listening to myself. Um, mostly over the past three or four months, when I listen to my own stuff, it's when it comes up on the uh, live stream. Right. Which you catch it when it's on there. Yeah. The two episodes ago of this show was played, I think several times on the live stream. I heard it twice. <laughs> oh, we're fan um, favorite. Nice. So I usually, when I catch myself on, I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to stick around and listen to this so I can. And then it's like, it, I can hear all the cringe stuff and I'm like calling myself stupid and trying to break bad habits How or listen for bad habits. So future Spence is going to be listening to himself, thinking about listening to himself, being cringy, listening to himself, but he's going to be cringy whilst he does it. So he's going to feel super like cringe squared. 
<laughs> exactly right. You nailed it. Well, our bells are in harmony, everyone. We kind of accidentally got a, a harmonic bell thing yeah, going on. We all we tuned resonance. up before the show. Intercontinental harmonic bell resonance. Me, 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 me. The, uh, I, I, there's definitely... There's definitely things to be learned going back and listening to all the cringe shit that you just said uh, the night before or two days after, depending. My original intention was to listen to create timestamps to do chapters, Mm. but that's just another evening's worth of work that I haven't figured out how to actually stay on top of doing every week. Yeah. For me, there's a lot of things that I would like even more than having chapters and I'm kind of working on those things. Um, mm. So chapters might come eventually, but I'll probably have, have to have some kind of a crowdsourced help. And if I'm ever going to have chapters, um, and then that, that clip brought us the ISO that I sent you to, which I'm sure. I really, I thought it was earlier on at the end of, I think the second clip. Ah. What was it? Yes. What's yes. the ISO? The ISO. I'm sorry. I Do forgot. You- to, I forgot to circle back and grab that one. Oh, no worries. Oh, the oh, ISO okay. was just, do you know how bad you sound? <laughs> uh, yeah. We always got to keep in mind how bad we sound, I think. Ma- it's like make a, sure you send them to John because I think he needs help with ISOs. It's a powerful motivator. Do you reckon yeah, you can that, send John I, ISOs on the slide? I will send, uh, I will he, send he, that came, he didn't come up with much last time. I felt bad for him because he was like, oh, I, really want, I was going to go to Sophia, but... And you could hear that he wants to have something, doesn't he, to bring to the table. He's jealous of the... I sent a bag of our ISOs to Adam, and he totally overlooked the um, Joe Rogan uh, scientist do science. Ah. I know, which is a classic. It's a gold... That's a good one. I think maybe maybe John would revive it. I don't know. Let's see. Do you know how bad you sound? (laughs) (laughs) You can't. You can never really know how bad you truly sound, I think, but it's important to try. To listen, yeah, but that's uh, why we've got podfathergear.com. Or that reader it's, it's gone now, you have to put it into an internet search engine as a query. That's right, but at least, hey, at least we're not recording on a phone, yeah, or a blue yeti. Or a blue <laughs> yeti. Is it a bit disappointing that phone boy's not recording on a phone? Shouldn't that be a shtick? Right, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. There has been a couple of episodes of Behind the Schemes. I've had to have uh, Malachi host the episode and send me the the clean feed link through my phone when I was traveling. Oh. It's a very strange times indeed. Yeah. On the ride. Let's uh, get into clip six and talk a little bit about gear. I've got a roadcaster. I've got, I can push little buttons uh, and <laughs> drop the mic if I want to. Um, but uh, that's a, that's a whole nother, uh, you know, th- th- again, I don't uh, normally do that on, on this podcast. So, <laughs> Do you have buttons to push, and uh, do you think shows are better with those kind of drops and sound effects and silly things like Depends that? Depends how good you are with it. Um, so I see, so so uh, a, a great example of being. Um, he's got all the energy and effort to make it work, but it's so tough, isn't it, uh, to drop it? And it makes, but it makes his product um, all the more merry because. You can kind of listen to it more than once and pick out more than one things from it, but then you never have time to do that, I guess, unless you're a proper absent six pack fanboy. I'm, I'm, sure I'm, a, I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm a fanboy. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I love it. I can't wait to get this uh, mofo ship of mine up in the air and flying. 
it's being built as we speak. Still got the uh, the plastering to be done. Um, but and when I do, I'm gonna have yeah bells and buttons and lights and all sorts going on. But I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's part of the shtick, isn't it? Yeah, like, I I love having the buttons because it kind of challenges you to get really like clips that can be used in multiple situations, like really flexible clips. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also to get, uh, there's also a little bit of, uh, sometimes some things are just so golden yeah, that they don't more deteriorate. Than, yeah. Cause it builds up that, that, that sort of that history of, um, like you have an archive then, don't you? As you go along, right. as time passes, you have, and, and also the, the producers, they dig it because it, it they know what that refers to and why that's funny. It, it morphs into kind of the format of the show. And that's why, like, uh, the last episode I was on when we were talking about the Grumpy Old Bins thing, and, and a lot of people are, like, kind of hand-wringing about inside jokes or inside memes or what if our audience doesn't understand this or this or this. It's like, you know, part of building your audience is making those things that, like don't make any fucking sense at all the first time they happen. But then with familiarity, it becomes something. It becomes something actually incredibly meaningful over a period of time. And so just like you develop friendships where you have inside jokes and you have dumb phrases that you could say to a friend, and if they're in the know, they know exactly what you're talking about. I think the same can be said about building an audience in a show like, if they don't get it, then that just means they need to pay more attention or they're not going to get it, but it's not a big deal. But those are so mm. crucial for developing a core audience. If you're ever going to have like people that are really into you, you're going to have a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense at all for a first yeah. timer. Can are I? You in, are you in love with an ISO? Oh, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say the audience is asking for. <laughs> you brought this on yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, set them up, uh, yeah. I'll set them up. You can knock them down. <laughs> what was you say, boobs? I was just gonna use that clip to sort of recast what Spencer had just said. With uh, you know, the audience is sitting there waiting for their favorite sound drops <laughs> and their favorite ISOs and yeah. their favorite gags. Yeah, uh, some of them for behind the schemes. I I'm definitely making sure, like uh, like Spencer does with the phone jingle for bowl after bowl. Make sure we try and get that one every show. Yeah. Uh, and then the Bill Hicks value for value model. It's beautiful because some of them become parts of your structure and parts of your format. And then mm. others just become like an easy way to react and not necessarily have to unmute yourself or maybe yeah. uh, a funnier way to say it. Or, you know, I mean, they're like emotes, you know, when you text yeah. those annoying yeah. little pictures that people send that's so ambiguous. It's like there's only one way to get joe rogan on my show you know <laughs> and it's through these it's through these isos it's not because i'm going to call him up that, and, bro what don't worry about that seven mm. degrees of separation you ever heard of that yeah i think you're more you're less than seven with joe though aren't you i would say so yeah yeah so you never yeah. know little fish with fish swimming as mo said in that water don't swim too, too close to me and just keep on swimming that's mm. why his body fell apart <laughs> Um, so clip seven and then I've got eight, nine, so I'm almost done. Uh, here's clip seven. 
I don't think you need to have all this stuff, but you still should care about how good you sound, right? And, and mm. not only in the, the quality of your voice, but in what you say. And, I'm, and, and again, it's hard to know if I, what I'm saying is something people want to hear. I don't know. I mean, so oh. please, in some way, shape or form, you know, smoke signals, whatever, uh, you know, on, uh, you know, on the Mastodons, on the, you know, on the Twitters, however you, however you find me, right? Yeah, say something to me. Let me know that you let me know that you're listening. Let me know that you like what I'm doing. Phone boy, I'm listening. I like what I'll you're doing. I'll give you smoke signal, phone boy. I'm smoking a signal for you right now, bro. There you go. There's your smoke. There's your signal, baby. Um, I I really wanted to bring this uh, because, well, a when I brought phone boy speaks the first time, it was viciously robbed from me. <laughs> they banned this person yeah. from yeah. Facebook and yeah. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, but second of all, I think Phone Boy, he's one of those guys that he listens to so many podcasts and he participates in so many and he's like yeah. calling and leaving voicemails. He's always in the troll room. Mm. He's out there and it just always slips my mind, I think, on his podcast the most and like mention, oh yeah, by the way, Phone Boy speaks. Hello. Because it is one that I grab... Um, yeah. on a pretty frequent basis and uh it's also the one of the easiest shows in the realm of you know our producers that are you could add to your schedule you know it's it's very short they're very digestible so right. um cool. i also wanted to ask kind of what's the source for feedback from you guys i know we've talked about a lot of them already and i kind of pondered it for this show CSB is your main feedback. Let me. Yeah, all right. CSB, what's the feedback? Is that he's, he's hard generally to quite good, although your music is too loud. <laughs> he's, he's a tough guy to please 100%, you know? Uh, oh, can I answer a question I didn't tough answer before? Do, do yeah. I listen back to my shows? Oh, yes. I only listen back to the songs at the beginning and the end of the AI.cooking. I like those yeah. bits. There you go. I like my own music for some reason. Don't know why. I just listen to that. I just think because uh, you can always hear something that you need to do, and you you sort of pick it out and do it. For for me on the bull after bull show, I would say that probably tied for first place, and what comes back in feedback are the voicemails and the live chat. Like that's where okay. people are and people talk. And um, yeah, I don't. I really do not get that many emails at all, which is fine. I'm not mad about it. But uh, I can also feel in front of his shoes so, where so, he's so, like, it's, it's long doing an email though, isn't it? It's it like is. You have to sit down and you put yeah. your email and you have to think of a subject. It's like, oh, yep. it's a subject. It's just long. It is. And I kind of feel phone boy's pain where he's just kind of like, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> I'm well, feedback is so important to steer me, you know? Aww. And like, yeah. I know people are listening because I'm looking at my download numbers, but like, right, do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it just fine? Like, if they're still around, they're still listening. I don't. Yeah. Think, I think because he's like he's such a wonderful, lovely man that um, he's just questioning him himself, but he doesn't need to. He's he's like, he's perfect. The phone boy that we have in this this reality is probably one of the finest phone boys in all the multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> beauty uh clip eight is sort of i guess related 
on my website, there's actually you can you can even leave me a voicemail. Good lord, um, yeah, there's there's that too. Uh, that's kind of how I participate in a couple of podcasts. It's a it's a good way to do, it's a good way to participate. Maybe I'll uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe if you want to uh, you want to place a call, go for it. Uh, I'm certainly game for uh, putting in some uh, voicemails into the podcast or maybe responding to stuff. Hey, who knows? Who knows? Ooh. But you can call and. You know why he dropped the opportunity to put the number in when he mentioned uh, that I would I would give him a word of advice for Phone Boy, even though I might not follow this advice always myself. Um, if you want to call to action, make sure it's only one step. So it's tough to say like if you want to leave me a voicemail, go to my website and you can find it. Um, there is under other contact info on his site a phone number six five zero nine six three. 4805. You can leave Phone Boy a voicemail. There you go. Click uh, that. And send it to him. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and so there Press you go. This There's the when plug. You want to talk about that. And Phone Boy, you, got, you say your number on your podcast, man. And, and, and Phone Boy, if you want um, Dame Jennifer or Jame Denifer to do a better job than Suspense did, then just let me know and we'll get her, we'll get her to do that for you. Or let her know. <laughs> She's good at that. Well, Goyf is the keeper of the gen. Is that is that what's going on here? Oh, captain of the ship. <laughs> I, uh, I I did want to say that um, I didn't really receive too much feedback outside of a, a handful of voicemails that have been left on the show. But when we did that witch talk dive, that seemed to be very popular w- with people. I'd gotten a couple of emails mm-hmm. on it. I've also had some feedback that I essentially responded with. If that's the way you feel, then you should stop listening to the show. Oh, negative stuff. Yeah. Oh, go find it. Was, it was a little, what you wish for, mate. It was, <laughs> a little, uh, it was a little deeper than just um, negative feedback. I'm not going to get into okay. it. But uh, yeah. personal. Well, yeah. I have a guess with the yeah. show. I mean, you triggered a lot of people with Dave. No, flat, this was this was Dave. way back in the beginning with uh, Ooh, one of the wow. earliest producers of the show. Oh, it's an OG one. So I'm just going to leave it at that. What's well, another thing that you got to always be aware of? And that's the beauty of the value for value model is like it's value for value and it's, pr- it's production, but you know, you just getting um, producers in to give feedback or donations or whatever. That doesn't really mean they take over and hijack the show. You know, and you always have to find the line between like being steered by your audience and um, kind of responding to what they want versus being hijacked and giving into like demands of certain, yeah, you know, have we been going for like an hour with just like the first bit. Shoot. I hope not. I, don't <laughs> one, uh, I have one clip to get out of here. <laughs> this is uh, this was number nine, correct? Number Chatterboxes, nine? right? Chatterboxes, the lot of us. It's hard. It's hard, man. <laughs> it's Thanks hard. for listening. They don't understand, man. They so don't hard. get it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Phone Boy Speaks. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Ah, I just had to drop that in because it always triggers me. Find or fine? You could ISO that bit at the beginning. He goes, thanks for listening. And that's just a lovely little ISO. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like uh, saying, listen to 96.9 FM on your Sony Panasonic Sangian or whatever radio you listen to fine radio shows on, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's like a beautiful format because it makes you sound like a legit podcast in the podcast rack of podcasting podcasts. 
Yeah. But I'll also point out that Google Play has no podcasts anymore. Nah, screw them. Let's leave them alone. It's Google, it's Google Podcasts now. Who's Google? Hoogle? Yeah. Hoogle. Hoogle? Hoogle. Hoogle. <laughs> hey, do you remember that thing? You Hoogle of the Hoogle? babe. Hoogle? Was it? But yeah, as uh, as Gwyff rightly points out, I'm the idiot that managed to take a eight minute phone boy episode and turn it into a fucking hour. <laughs> so <laughs> please, next up, uh, I brought a I brought a show from uh, uh, a couple of folks that I've known one for several years. That they were actually the one to introduce me to that podcast that I referenced earlier, the All Systems Goku. Uh, this was a little bit of a bittersweet, sad listen for myself. Uh, I, I've been torn since 2012 and this is now the time of year where people are gearing up and getting ready to go back out on the road. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Theater Wolf Podcast, a podcast where we interview the people that make the shows happen, from the stage ends up to the top. Every week, we'll dive into an interview with someone in the industry and see what really makes them tick. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Theater Wolf Podcast. I know we have taken a break, but we are back. We're ready to kick it off with a brand new section segment. It's going to be amazing called The Road to Hell from Prep to Tour. I would like to thank and welcome our guest, Allison Ebling. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be here again. I'm excited. You actually thought of this idea. So what we're planning on doing is we'll do a weekly podcast, guys. I'm not. We're not interviewing people anymore. We want to tell you how we are prepping the show from start to tech to opening night of the tour. And then we'll give updates here and there. But that's the idea. Something that you don't really get to see very often, I feel, in any industry or any other aspect of social media or learning form. Yeah, there's always a lot of talk about what it's like to run a show once it's already up and running, um, but maybe not as much emphasis on what it takes to get it there. Um, and it, particularly in the touring world, um, this was something that I, before I got out on tour, I knew nothing about. It was very, very much trial by fire. I had no idea even what to expect, um, you know, day to day. So uh, I'm excited to to share the process. Yeah, everyone knows. And, and you see it everywhere in any Facebook group, any posting. It's like, oh, prep. Oh, prep. It's so exciting. But I don't think people know what actually happens in prep to a degree. Prep. It's prep time of year. Uh, this is when all of the shows have all of their crews come together and they start to build the design sent in from the design team. And um, you essentially build a show from the ground up. Uh, I've been fortunate to be a part of a couple. Uh, it's a very it's how a many very, shows have you um, worked on in like in t- what, what number would you put on? Uh, nine tours, nine different so tours. nine different shows. Uh, but I've only done this two two times. Right. The, pre- okay. the prep side of things. Yep. The prep side. Is of it prep is a prep a pro move then? Um, the prep just means that uh, you were in the position to sign on with the contract before the tour actually started. Dollar, dollar, chang, chang. Uh, usually that comes from being in a position where you know somebody, uh, you have a working relationship with uh, maybe a head electrician or a production electrician. Um, and this whole episode gets into the, uh, a lot of the processes that you would find at the shop. I'm not going to play too many of the nitty gritty technical things because I can just bust this out for you real quick. 
You show up, you have your paperwork, you build the show, and you try, for the love of God, to make it something that any fucking idiot could put together. Everything's color-coded. Everything has a label on it. You want everything to be as tight, consistent, clean as possible as soon as it wow, leaves that that's shop. That's not me. That um, is not my job. I hey, hey listen, that. man. I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at, like, uh, over two dozen sticky notes just scattered about my desk. Nah. Nice. But when it comes to being in that position where you're looking to shave off five seconds here, five seconds there, yeah. over and over, 20, 30, 40, 50 times a day, that time starts to add up. So even if it is just putting a different color e-tape wrap uh, on the ends of connectors to match them up, I mean, that's stuff that's just going to make your life easier because you can point to anyone. And I literally mean anyone from people that, look like they just partied and then walked out on stage and you just want to reach over to them and be like, bro, are you okay? Like I feel, I feel concerned for you because your eyes are freaking me out and you're just, you're so incredibly high to train professionals that have been on the road before. And you can Mm -hmm. just be like, Hey, here's the truck. And they just build it for you. Some people will look at you and they're like, I don't know how to tie my shoes. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that to be dramatic. I've had people, Sorry, just one person look at me and tell me that he didn't know how to tie his shoes. Did he? Was he wearing laces shoes? Velcro. Vel- Velcro strips, baby. Yep. Yeah. Velcro. Well, that's what I do with you my son. save a life. Probably until he's about three or four. And uh, so this next, uh, this next is a, it's sort of just a job description of the two folks um, that are sitting here talking. Uh, one I've toured with before, the other just a couple of like break work weekends. Um so you're probably wondering why we're calling it the Road to Hell. We are going out with Hades Town, the first national tour. Uh, Hades Town won the Tony Award for Best Musical in 2019. Clearly a pandemic. There's no other ones right now, but it's going to be a great time. And I wanted to get Allison on because also you guys don't need just my opinion. We need other opinions. Allison, what what are you on this tour before we go into what I'm doing? <laughs> uh, so I am the head audio uh, A1 mixer for the tour which is very exciting. Very uh, exciting. And then I'm going back out as the assistant electrician, moving light tech. So throwing that hat back in the ring, which is going to be a lot of fun. Moving light tech's a lot of fun. If you have all the replacement parts there on scene, and then you can just rip apart a moving line and build it back better right there. You don't need to wow. send anything back to the shop. You don't have to have anybody drive out or air freight shipments back. So yeah. Uh, it's all you, baby. It's all you. It's just you and that piece of shit that you got to get somehow working again and then haul it 40 feet up into the air and get it rehung. Yeah. Oh, hang that shit. Um, this, is, uh, this next clip I thought was a little fun piece of insider ba- uh, baseball. I do not subscribe to this. I like being a stagehand because I can wear all black all the time and nobody bats an eye. Like an emo kid, huh? Well, oh, see, yeah. but then I do like a like a blue denim jacket on top of it with like usually fun colored converses. So I don't know mm. what it is, man. I just I like the black on black. It's not there was an emo phase for sure, but uh, I just it just turned into black denim. You know what I'm saying? Then black it's, denim doesn't uh, it works on the set, doesn't it? You gotta keep the darkness on the outside than the inside, you know? Yeah, for sure. And this is uh, <laughs> this is them talking about feeling like normal people. <laughs> um, I pack way too many clothes. Truth. It's something that I know that I do, and I can't 
stop myself, even though like, so I had laid out a bunch of stuff and I was looking at it and I was like, there's no way that's going to fit in a suitcase. Like, there's just no way. Like I'm not packing like a sensible person at all. Uh, but in general, I kind of, um, I bring like two separate sets of clothes. I bring the clothes that I've kind of designated for work. And then I bring a set of clothes that I've designated for not work. Um, so if I'm going out during the day, uh, I'm one of those people that, uh, and again, this is a totally personal preference. Uh, I do not enjoy wearing the same clothes during the day that I'm going to wear at work. So if the work uniform is, you know, a black t-shirt and black pants, um, I will try very hard not to wear that. And this is the part where I want to step in and explain that for myself, being a stagehand isn't necessarily just a job description. It's more so a philosophy, a mentality, and a a way of living to some degree. So I I just like a a stagehand. I've met plenty of people that were that were plenty prepared for just really bizarre situations um, just because there's so many in your day-to-day working lives that you're going to be met with this crazy shit and you got to figure out how to respond with it quickly. But like, I know, I know this one head carpenter that uh, he actually stopped the dude from uh, attempting to stab a guy a second time in the hotel of us, of a hotel here, a hotel lobby in Minneapolis when that show was here. You know, so it's just, uh, I've never, I've never really considered myself, um, someone that left being a stagehand at work. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it, I don't know. There might be a difference also between men and women in it, but I definitely understand that whole, uh, mentality of pretty much anybody, any job that I've had, I have that. I am a this, you know, and it definitely uh-huh. leaves work and goes wherever you are. Um, when you're doing things like uh, gig work, especially, it's kind of like, and I, I could imagine on tour when you're touring around, you know, that always on mentality. Right. I mean, it's a fighter fight or flight and your fight is constantly engaged because you're not at home. You're not in a, in an, uh, a familiar environment. Right. For the most part, a lot of times it's downtowns and there's a plenty of downtowns that are, I would say, slipping into semi dangerous places at times. Yes. Or in locations, uh, certain intersections and whatnot. Exfil to the cock, everyone. (laughs) Um, The this next clip is short. Uh, This is something that I really don't identify with and have never identified with. But yeah, the two weeks of shirts. Uh, the couple pants, and then I do three weeks of socks and underwear because that's the stuff you burn through the most, obviously. And new pair of socks on a load in or a load out, oh, uh, oh, mama mia, changes your life. <laughs> Ch- like you could ha- be having the worst day in the world, and you put on new socks before the show, and you're like, you know what? I can get through this, and everything's I, okay. Yeah, and the shoe thing, I haven't figured that out. I mean, I brought obviously you got to bring a pair of dress shoes for whatever opening night parties, all that. He says, he says, obviously, and excuse me, but no, I don't. Obviously, you have to have some loafers for the uh, loafing about. You know. Drift shoes. Um, my loafing considered of drinking as much free beer as I could consume while dressed in my sweat-stained denim <laughs> jacket 
in ratty ass converses. Yeah, you'd be uh, right. And a lot of that time just comes from there's no there's no opportunity where I feel comfortable enough that I can step away and like dig all the clothes out and find somewhere to change and then deposit all of the clothes that I just changed out of. Like I've skipped dinner. I barely got a smoke in. Someone brought me coffee. Thank God it's time to do a show. So when it comes time to go into these opening night parties, I just want to get there and sit down and eat. If I can manage that or just start drinking because you've got all of this adrenaline just fucking shooting out of sweating out of every pore <laughs> and you're yeah. crashing fast. So you better, better get what was worth it out of it while you still got the time. Waste no time changing or anything. Just get straight there. We got things to do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the next clip I, would you guys like to hear about uh, what sort of tools you should bring to the show? You got any well, interest? Definitely. Got to bring the tools. Yeah, well, what's are the tools? Let's do this uh, first one. I got three. (laughs) Three of them. For me, it's been very different show to show. Um, Personally, I always bring um, kind of a a small pelican full of electronics. Yeah, you have like that 15, the 1500, right? That's Uh, the standard. 1560, 1535. Oh, that's, yeah. Is the the carry-on size pelican case. And I bought that years ago. Um, And so I've got kind of an assortment of, of small... Uh, audio testers, things that that I personally, as an audio engineer, are like, yes, this is this is kind of my my getaway bag. Like this is my go bag for yeah. for every gig. So it's got yeah, a variety of testers that I use often. Um, a small amount of hand tools, screwdrivers, wrenches. I have a little like power screw gun that I like to use. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> Pencils, pens, a lot of like kind of random stuff. A uh, yeah, a DB meter, and you know, just anything that you would expect like a an audio engineer to bring to yeah. a gig. That's not specialty equipment is going to be in that box. Yeah, and I um, I forgot to snip off the end there, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. most most people that I that I know have a personal 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 for me personal arsenal. Um, nice. They have a uh, personal inventory of uh, various hand tools that they bring along with them. I, it's just, it's really easy sometimes for that stuff to just, and not through any malicious uh, actions, they just walk off or get left mm-hmm. behind. So it's it's important to stay on top of that so, sort of stuff, especially when it comes to the you know, electronics like they're talking. Do you have uh, Leverman, my uh, prop prop man friend? He's, uh, he's always carrying a Leverman wherever he goes. I... For the longest time, up until everything shut down uh, last year, and I stopped going as many places, I always, always, always had a Leatherman on me, and would avoid bars where I wasn't allowed to bring it in. Like fuck that. Yeah. If I can't have my multi-tool, yeah. I don't need to be spending money here. Yeah, some no doubt. Isn't it? You know, you, they they uh, might need it. That's the thing. I've I've had need of it, and he'd been in my pub, and I'm like, look, get your Leatherman out, mate. You need to come around here. I, I, I used to shout out, "Can I get a prop, man?" And I'm, just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just having a piss. Well, you know, See, what I'm they... like, uh, I'm like forty percent triggered because all my tools are at my dad's house right now. So oh. I'm helping him move into his new house and f- fix some things around and yeah. install dishwashers and this kind of thing. And yeah, ugh, it's just like when you have a tool and you need it and you just you're without it, it's somewhere else. 
It's mm. like one of the most frustrating feelings. Well, just like, get, get another one. We're going to definitely touch on that because uh, we talk about work boxes here in a little bit. Um, but I want to I want to uh, keep on with this uh, this conversation. I think this is the one that's got some more inside baseball that Q failed to mention. For me, it's definitely one. If you're doing the Pelican, my suggestion after picking up the one in Rochester a couple of years ago is go with the Pelican Air because the weight yeah. difference is shocking. I was actually shocked how much of a difference the air made compared to the. Yeah, I'm considering swapping. Yeah, but if you can get a Pelican Air, do it. Uh, and then tools for me, I am a hundred percent on a. You got to get a chalk pouch, and go that way. I went during the COVID period. I got a leather one made up, a nice deep leather one. Amazing, I love it. You can pick up a nice. It's a pretty deep one on Etsy. There's a stagehand who makes one. I think it's like Oakland. I'd have to look it up. I'll t- I'll put it in the description, but she does great and they're cheap too. And they're nice cloth ones, but you know, support another stage hand, but that's in there. Obviously a regular eight inch or 10 inch crescent wrench. Pick your, pick your poison on that. Uh, if you have an ultimate ratcheting stage junk tool, throw that in there, but don't let it lose sight. Cause you lose that thing. You ain't getting another one. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to is know that like treasure? Is that like golden treasure? Uh, well, I'm going to find a picture of one and drop it into the chats here in a moment. Okay. Uh, the ultimate focus tool. These things were a hot ticket item for, uh, for a little while. Um, it's uh, it's one of those tools that hits all of the marks for people that um, are looking for the perfect one, like 10 in one sort of tool. Um, <laughs> what he failed to mention was that, he would go and buy them up when they started to fucking get sold, uh, get sold out and he would keep a small stock and resell them. Genius. Oh. And, yeah. uh, capitalism, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at the time I, <laughs> I don't want to get into it too deep. I was just like, come the fuck on. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you know, you know, baby. Tools. Uh, but I want one. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, another photo here. I've got one. Um, it doesn't work well for the sort of stuff that um, the sort of lights that I hang because I got big man hands. So for the most part, I just need a wrench if I really need that extra lever leverage to get a uh, a clamp undone. But it's the big fat U bolt clamps uh, or with a with a wing nut. It's a big fat one, like an inch and a half wide nut um and you don't really need to crank shit down all that hard you just gotta do like a quarter turn past uh, hand tight um it's uh this is really great for a specific type of c clamp that you would see most uh like park hands or ellipsoidals uh, it's the sort of the longer snout lights um it's perfect for this shit because that little ratchet head fits right onto the square bolt of the clamp and you got a little ratchet you can break shit uh, or break the actual uh, tension on the bolt it's pretty easy um i'm gonna i'm gonna skip past the tools here because i just wanted to point out the, the the focus wrench um this is something that i was encountering with my last contract negotiation and producers really don't like this shit anymore now it's my workbox there for the shop and it'll be coming on the road and i know i mean maybe we'll talk about this eventually but like workboxes are a hard 
not a hard, but a fought issue on some tours because a lot of them become about personal. Truck, yeah, it's all truck about space. truck space. Um, so, you know, back when every show was 10 trucks and everything just rolled on, um, you know, it wasn't as much of an issue. And yeah, everybody could have a work box that was full of their personal gear, yeah. not just personal tools, but, you know, you could use that work box for whatever you wanted. Um, now, at least it's been my experience on tours, um, personal work boxes are, are pretty frowned upon. Yeah, um, that it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be show boxes. It's got to be show essential uh, for that box to be on the truck uh, yeah. because every inch of that truck costs the producer's money. Yeah, and I mine is, I mean, I, and I can have this argument with people, I'm sure, but mine is legitimately a moving light and or toolbox. There's so many. I mean, I, I posted photos of you guys follow on Instagram of it, and there's just tools everywhere. There's bits and spades and everything everywhere. There's office stuff, rigging stuff. So I feel like it's useful. But then that's the other conversation of tools. What, do, what does the company provide? And right. And, the wear and, and when tear, it comes, that's a whole issue that... Right, when it comes know. to, yeah, your personal tools on, on a show, uh, depending on the company that you're working for, that line can get blurred a little bit yeah. in terms of, um, you know, who replaces the tools when they need replacing when it breaks or gets taken by accident mm -hmm. now i'm a big proponent of a work box on tour should be no question no questions asked uh trucks are in or the truck pack specifically are an ever-evolving work of art and once you get it you know you you got it but it usually takes a couple of weeks to really figure out how you can adjust the way that the boxes uh, not only sh roll into the truck, but the way they're oriented, um, how you maybe like throw cases on top of cases. It's something that can change and producers will tell you, oh, there's no room on the truck. And I can say, how do you even know that all you have are fucking uh, boxes on your drafting software? That's all you got. Mm -hmm. You just got some computer generated lines. And I've worked with people before that will refuse to adjust the truck pack. And Ugh. it's, it's almost infuriating because there's just certain things that need to happen at times when it comes to putting, putting on these shows. Like for example, in order to start hanging any truss or any hard pieces Motors need to be hung so that they can get ran out and then clip into the rigging for the truss or whatever. In order to run a motor, you need power. Power should be the first thing that you have situated as soon as you are in the door and cases are rolling off of the truck. You have to have that power ready to go as soon as possible. However, if your power is in the nose of the truck. So it's literally the first case to go on and the last fucking case to go off. You're going to have a problem because when it comes time to load out, you won't be able to pack the rest of the tour until all of these motors are flown all the way in, landed in their cases and the power is pulled. And then you have all the feeder pulled up too. the feeders is what feeds the, 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 um, like the 208, uh, racks and, and whatnot. And people won't adjust shit like that. 
And it's uh, and it's simply because, oh, well, that's not the way the shop designed the truck packs. Well, I'm sorry. The shop's not fucking here, buddy. It's uh, just excuse you. Excuse me? Excuse <laughs> me? It says here on the sheet um, that that's not um, where that goes, sir. Well, fuck your sheet. <laughs> yeah, there's an art to pack in a truck. And yes. You can develop it. And, you, you know, the last show that I showed job. up on, there was... It was a it was sort of a travesty to watch. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but when myself and the assistant electrician got in there and really started playing with stuff and seeing what we could adjust and the way stuff came in, we ended up scooting the entire load of the truck into the truck, excuse me, further into the truck by about six feet. Nice. Where it wasn't this situation where we're just trying to throw all the gack and gack being loose shit. Uh, I mean, like there was this circle truss that was used as like part of a spaceship sort of thing, big dick home built cart that it rode in on. And it was just, it was, had all everything, everything that was just left around. Like it just, just goes on this rack. Everything just goes on this rack and it ends up being like 2000 pounds, you know, and it's so big, it's hard to maneuver. And it's just, you know, everything has a home, everything, everything has a place and a home you and a name me. if you like, label I, it. I, I never put things back. She's I'm always so bad at it too. The Trust me, I'm so not. What's this doing over here? I'm. Not, I don't reflect any of this in my personal life, but right. This is the sort of stuff that makes a show happen because at the end of the day, it's fucking loadout. It's time to get out of there. It's going to be time to get out of there every week. You're going to be doing this shit every week, sometimes multiple times a week. Yeah, probably not with a show like this. I can uh, sort of relate to the loadout concept with uh, construction when I did that in high school, because it'd be like you show up to a job site and the tools and hoses and all that shit had to be rolled out a certain way, or else like uh, yeah. just the job's gonna take longer. You'll yeah. be stranded out there for longer. Yeah, nobody wants to Can't stand find around. something that you need. Well, and I will say, some stagehands will try and and push the clock. You know, it's like, oh, I can get another hour of overtime if I push these cases really slow. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, Genius. I'm, I'm no fan of the producers, but I'm also no fan of that either. Like, yeah. at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, fuck your paycheck, fuck my paycheck, fuck the producers. Like, it is time oh. to go. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what go we'll time. put at the beginning of the, of the, uh, the episode. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, the thing that I'm kind of bummed out about is this is the sort of stuff um, I would be doing right now, but uh, I won't, I won't take the shot and I'm going to sit this round out. Maybe the next one, maybe them all. We'll have to see how they really uh, claim religious grounds or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's still all of the other rules and regulations that uh, you fall under um, that essentially label you as a crazy anti-vaxxer no, i'm just going to the right. nancy i'm going to the nancy reagan route man i'm just saying no that's all yeah. <laughs> resist we so, much don't give up an inch of ground otherwise you'll never get it back rbg yeah. i dissent <laughs> well it's just you know like us like i said earlier x field to the cock and uh, we'll sort this thing out um, um yeah now, this whole episode is based off of the prep. They do get into how the production team, which is, uh, they're the ones that take the paperwork and the designs from the designers and work in conjunction with the uh, heads of departments to figure out how this thing is going to tour. 
a lot of production electricians have their ways of doing stuff. And I'd say most of the time it, it's happened more often than not. I have learned something that I didn't know from production rather than, than being put into a, a position where production fucked me on a specific situation or the way something was built or uh, maybe um, maybe labeled. Uh, maybe the way the cabling was ran, it really just depends. But more often than not, you you pick up cool stuff because they've been, good chances, been around doing it way longer than you have. I mean, there's a, there's a method of doing cable tie-downs to the trusses. Uh, excuse me, not tie-downs, but it, it's running power to the trusses so that the cable is not actually like hung off of the side of the truss, which all that weight of the copper causes it to tow to one side. And then you'll never have a truss on center and like it causes strain on the cables and whatnot. So what they do is they run out of probably 30 feet extra of cable and they tie it up to a batten and then take a piece of rigging steel and choke it off to a span set on the truss. So that pipe will always travel with the truss as it moves in and out. And then you have your cable tied to that. Now you've got this uh, theater batten that will fly all of your cable in and out with the truss, but also keep it free and clear. Yeah. Nice. And it's just little cool stuff like that. Doing, doing prep work, doing production. It's, it's, it's really fun to figure out stuff like this and a lot of practice, um, I suppose, like, cause you can't, there's that stuff you learn over time, I suppose. Yeah. Just over time, you know, it's, uh, doing a, a show in, an arena is different than doing a show in a small club, which is different than doing a show at a theater of from all sizes, from uh, <laughs> you know little Bodunk theaters in Georgia to the JFK Theater in DC. Yeah, um, all sorts, all sorts. And what's the name of this podcast again, so we can remind people? Uh, this is the Theater Wolf Podcast. And we'd actually started out about at the same time. Uh, he did have more episodes going than we did for a while, but uh, he's dropped off for the past couple of months. Um, I know that he hasn't worked in the past 18 months, and that's just something that makes my blood chilled because I can't imagine. Oh, hey, my uh, my friend is the, uh, is was it uh, the ass of Sven in Frozen in, in London at the moment? <laughs> it's an old flame of mine's husband. <laughs> And this, and my my missus was just showing me pictures, and she's like, "Isn't this hilarious? Like he's literally just the feet, just like walking around the back end." Well, I uh, there's a new tool out in this particular brand of shops or this uh, company of shops. I would love to play with this because, at the end of the day, I'm a big old copper slut. I love slinging cable. Okay. That is my fucking jam. Give me, copper copper dude give me thousands feet thousands upon thousands of feet of uh, cable to run and i will do it i will coil that shit i will heave it up by myself i mean a foot well, of, a go. foot of socko is about a pound you got a fucking hundred foot run of socko that's a hundred pounds plus the actual connectors 110 115 pounds like let's fucking go you got six of these to run let's do it why don't you just be an electrician if you love it that much well, you know, I, <laughs> I had this uh, stint one time. I've uh, got a job over here for you if you have an exfil to the cock. I, I got, I know, like, loads of electricians. Are you talking like a housing electrician? 
thousands uh, of all feet. sorts whatever it's you want to work on if you want to work on the shard uptown if you want to work on wherever you want to go like running all those cables to helicopter pads and stuff it's, yeah what well, i knew i knew one electrician who did the lights for the queen's bedroom in oh, the nice. um, underground um was it all heat tunnels, lamps <laughs> you know like when the nuclear event happens and they whisk her away and they take her to a place he did that that bedroom and well, this the uh, one that's hopefully never going to get used. <laughs> this uh, this next clip describes a new way of making looms, and looms are fantastic because if you can take six of the cables that you have to run, instead of doing each one six times, you could split it up into a bundle of three and another bundle of three, and everything's taped together. Uh, usually, you would have to take out everything that you would need to tie together, stretch it on the shop floor, and they, they kind of talk about this... Um, but uh, you would have to stretch it out and like pick up the cable and tape it and then move uh, about 18 inches further down and tape it again. But the cable, it drifts and maybe by the end of it, like your little inch here and inch there um, caused the connectors to be off by like a foot or in some change. Mm. And it just makes shit messy. But what they describe here sounds phenomenal and I just want to play with it. Labeling cables and um, start aluminum and I think yeah, because I got broken off to do moving lights again towards the end. I'm 90% sure we finished all the looms this week, which is amazing because Christy has this beautiful cable loomer, uh, which I posted on Instagram. And <laughs> it is the I, I'm not even kidding that easily saved a day, if not half a day of cabling instead of dragging cable out on the floor, pulling it back, coiling it in a case and looming it on a truss. We've the funny thing about the cable loomer no one really knows how to do it properly. We all just kind of <laughs> figure that we're doing it properly, but we're all kind of like figuring out, like there's a wheel on the bottom and there's, no, a, there's no written instructions. There's no instructions. Cause apparently I, you know how in theater, everything gets stolen from something else. I, I was like, I gotta, I couldn't find labels anywhere. I'm like, what is this machine from? So I asked the shop guy and he was like, Oh, a guy who worked at Christie used to be an engineer. So he designed that for all the Christie shops. Oh wow! So, is there one in every Christie every, shop? Yeah, and, yeah, because I've seen them, and like the guy, the, somebody posted a photo of it in Orlando. We should take a poll. The Vegas like, one. Like, what's has the correct one. way to use it? We, we figured out through the process of the three days we were doing looms was run it under the wheel, obviously to keep attention. We knew that easy. It hooks on your looming, and then instead of someone on the backside coiling it because it's so slow, like you're doing, you know, pushing it up a little, looming, pushing it up a little. So they're just sitting there awkwardly with, with it. Let it flap onto the floor just do whatever it wants to do <laughs> and then run the machine in reverse and coil it into the box ah uh, yeah mine was blown mine was blown <laughs> i was like god why did we not think of that because we figured it out like on two the days second ago. to last day yeah. and it's like great that's too late now we did most of, we did our five percent is done our 500 feet of fiber we coiled onto a box <laughs> oh jesus but it was so smart i'm like wow that's this is the best machine ever i just want to play with it it's tall it's like 20 20 plus feet tall and you just run your cable feed it through and then it runs up and over and as it gets pulled up and over you tape it every couple of fucking uh every foot and a half or so it's beautiful mm. um nice i've definitely done done that job for weeks at not sorry like a week at a time just trying to get everything taped there's a lot of time you're doing it yourself <laughs> yeah if it streamlines the process yeah. then it's very worth having 
Um, and the last one, I'm a spotlight guy. I got a tattoo of a uh, spotlight. I'm not sure how I would feel about this. I'm excited. We'll be the first tour with that. We're going to have Roby follow spot moving lights. One of the first tours to go with that. That'll be cool. I'm interested to see oh, how those work. Oh, it's fun. We'll, I'll post photos later of it. And it's if you haven't seen it, it's just like a moving light with a spot handle and these two faders. So you're controlling intensity and iris because the console will send all this stuff. Oh, we'll go into it another time. I did notice that everything in this uh, particular episode is stuff that they were going to cover later at another time. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty good. I don't listen to it all the time because I know most of the folks and I've lived a lot of the experiences that they talked about. Um, this particular moving light that they're talking about, you've seen them at concerts, the big bulky uh, moving head things that look kind of like Cylons or whatever. Um these are spotlights that they've attached manual controls to on the side. So there's this little console. I'm looking for a picture of one. Um, I'll circle back on that. Unfortunately, I just did the same thing. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I'm going to circle back on your spotlight tattoo. Is that, is that on the left cheek or the right cheek? Oh, it's on my right bicep. Right bicep. Tricep. Nice. Yeah. I can get a picture. She's I thought you was having. I thought it was like pointed at the shaft. <laughs> well, all tattoos, if they got a face, they got to be pointed to the inside of the body. Yeah, just good spotlight on dude's nuts. Pretty much. Pretty much. <clears throat> it was given to me by another stagehand in Los Angeles. <laughs> I had to figure out where all those spotlight knobs are, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shine a light. Um, and that's uh, that's what I got. That was the show. And um, Oh, nice. Did you have any ISOs? I did. I got. I only got the two. New pair of socks on a load in or a load out. Oh, uh, oh, mama mia! Changes your life. <laughs> and stay safe. The one you just played is is outstanding. <laughs> Very good. And would you consider that a pod or a cast? Mm. Ooh, this is a pod. Yeah, I this is a so. pod. I felt felt very poddy to me. Um, and it's not really necessarily a dig. I did reach I out. I was, I was like, Hey, do you have any interest in going live? I'd love to help you set up with the live stream. And, mm, but uh, even you can have live pods. I know. Um, but he's just not, I, I get what they're saying that there's not any guaranteeable way that, uh, you could always go live at the same week, but at the same point, they're not doing one nighter tours. Yeah. They're not doing split weeks. As far as I know, they're doing a week plus. Maybe um, they don't have that yearning to be on the stage in front of the camera, cuddling uh, people's ear off. There's also that kind of, there's a style and a genre of podcaster that is the like, oh, we can take this out later kind of guy. And you lose mm, that when you go live. If you go retired. live, there's not really any taking it out later. Right. Uh, I mean, so you got you to gotta mean what you say and... Yeah, you have to be careful with your words. I mean, not to say that you should self-censor. It's just that you have to put thought into everything that comes out, you know? Oh, good luck with that. And that's what I... That's what nice. I had. Well, we will get to mine right after these messages. All right, so I have to uh, introduce the, um, the the last piece of bread to this particularly lovely sandwich. Seth Spence um, brought us Phone Boy's beautiful, um, healthy, uh, fluffy, light, whatever it is, your favorite slice. You know, the nice meat, didn't you, with the 
with a tall talk. And that was that was good, wasn't it? We got into some 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 decent salt beef there, I suppose. <laughs> so this is a uh, a particular sourdough, um, which is quite a, uh, a hate listen, I suppose, in many ways. When you kind of get your head around it first, uh, first it's, it's a very difficult piece here, and I, I have sweetened it with a particular variety of quince jam that is only grown in the cock. So um, enjoy the first intro, I suppose. It's Sir Saturday Night! Uh-oh. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this dude was on Jitsi uh, last night, and um, I thought I'd have a little, you know, a little chat with him and stuff. And it, it actually it gave me all the impetus I needed to go check out the because he was banging on about his show and how much work he put into it. So I thought, oh, this will be interesting. I wonder what it's about. Going in with fresh ears was an experience this morning. I can tell you that for nothing. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard it. It's not very good. <laughs> Definitely a pod. I, I have heard it. Yeah, I don't know how he did it. How do you reckon that's because some of that stuff? I mean, play my ISO. My ISO is pretty, pretty uh, weird. So Saturday night in the morning is deceptively edited and is bad satire at best. <laughs> yeah, well, I I did all that for him. Oh, did you do oh, the nice uh, the processing or? Um, I think I'm pretty sure I did the speed ups. I can't really exactly remember. Mm. I'm pretty I sure I did that. that. I thought he I had some did. sort of magic yeah. tech. But no, that makes much more. Um, yeah, yeah sense. A, few, a few months ago, you know, he approached me to do some intro work and voice work on his show, and I did it for him. Good stuff. I like that spirit. Well, there you go. That's the spirit of true uh, communism that we're we're espousing here. The real, yeah. the real communism that's actually existing in the world, which is the the, the think tank that is the No Agenda Social Universe and all that. You're doing I, good um, work. Good work. That was nice. I gave him you. the benefit of the doubt, you know, because yeah. Figure everybody deserves that. that. Yeah, you know, and, that's a good yeah. thing. You did a good job there. All right, then. Well, let's have a listen to the second one because there, there are these are short and very painful, but it's like a plaster. If we rip it off quickly, we can all get out of here and um, start circle jerking each other and some other show. Bill is the strokey bill. Bill the conqueror. Bill the retard. The people's champion. The rainmaker. The man who knew too much. A ghost of Christmas present. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. I just thought like the and AKA was just such a waste of time. So I thought I'd shorten it up for him. Maybe he can post edit it into that episode. And, and also I put a bit more music just going on in the background. I've just smartened it up all over basically. I feel like <laughs> it, it needs a little bit of tuning. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. what do you think? That, that particular part, I'm pretty sure you clipped from a, a donor segment of bowl after bowl. Um, because when he came in, I just read his uh, profile. You know, those are all of the. Did he tell you what it was like going to be about and what the? Because I had no idea what it nah, was until no, I listened. No one knew until it was released what it was, what the content was going to be. Right. Well, if for anyone that hasn't heard it, it's about fifteen minutes long, and um, it's like an interview that didn't happen. And went last night, he said I've done something that nobody else has ever done. But didn't Sir Gene do this with Adam, or did I just I contested it and said it might have actually been a legit interview? Or, I don't know. 
I'm pretty sure someone must have done this somewhere, but it's it's been done and it's he's worked very hard on it and he's put a lot of effort into it. But it just needed a bit more of a a bit of a team effort. I feel I feel like because he used the same um, like laughter track over and over again and the mm. and and the levels and and it's, it's and you can tell there's a lot of work put in there and there's a little gaps in between and 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 there's there's some unnecessary parts. I did cut one thing out that isn't there. So let's play the, the third one and um, keep. Keep covering over this wound, I suppose. Sir Saturday. Right, right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks to my band and the West Clark 7. I don't know. Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Iran. Yeah, I had fun with a little because I, w- I went on to uh, you of the tubes and I typed in whoopee cushion noises and I found twenty seconds of whoopee cushion noises. <laughs> so I thought I'd just, like splice them in just for fun, mm. just um, just to liven it up a little bit. Is the now the clip is still playing? There is a um, a blank section in the middle. Oh, take that out! Stop that playing. Okay, that's been a mistake there. Something horrible's gone wrong. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure before I stopped. I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> you just have probably it's probably West Clark Seven because I pulled that just for that little to get the 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 the, the countries in there because he calls his his house band Johnny and the West Clark Seven, and I always thought that's a really yeah that's a good name for a, West Clark Seven's a great name for a band, isn't it? Mm. It probably already is one somewhere. But and the whole thing of like the setup and like a talk show host and it's kind of very produced. It's very poddy in a way that it's kind of um, uh, I don't know. It's very sort of because um, he said on on the hundredth episode of Abs and Six Pack something to the to the effect of um, drama draws people in and all this sort of stuff. And I was giving it a good little um, rumination earlier on with uh, my number one of the mofo ship on jitsi big life of uh, so big life of the blaz and um we kind of come up with the conclusion that maybe he's pulled an in, inside job here and like is he is he creating drama just to generate um traffic uh yeah i kind of wonder you know i mean i gave the guy the benefit of the doubt because he's done some really brilliant creative work in the past you know but the ants on the the ant song would be he probably his crown the crown yeah, is that's the summit and his, his, that's yeah. his um Jesus King crowning achievement yeah um and I gave him the benefit of the doubt but the guy is makes it impossible to work with him you know yeah so it's true yeah I mean that's I've since true. Uh, since ended our working relationship he did ask to come on here didn't he uh yeah. And, I blocked uh, him and then I saw you reply and I thought, oh no, I'll have to go back. And so I looked on, I just posted the link into an internet search engine of choice and um, looked at it that way and saw what he said. And he said, come on. And I, I, I almost half said last night, oh, why don't you bring some clips to misinformed donation? But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know really how it would go down. I don't really give a, a flight. Like I said to him, I went, oh, I don't really care about any of that drama bollocks yeah i'm I'm gonna try and get this out as quickly and concisely as i can i am not of the mindset that drama is fun content or necessarily healthy good content let's put it that way Uh, it's uh, low-hanging fruit content for sure it can Um, be good sometimes i was i was unimpressed by some of the cracks he had made during the uh hundredth stream of abs in a six-pack 
Yeah, I tried to listen to it to find them, and I, I, I didn't have time, to be fair. And it was just, it was more of the same that I had already seen be done to other people, and I'm just not interested. And that's about it. Well, I'm going to spark one up. <laughs> spark one up. Hey, Fletcher. Unless, um, that's because there's only, uh, was it seven of these? So uh, they're quite short. Although there's, they, they do get a little bit longer because, to, to be fair, the show that he's done, and he's put out another one um, today. Uh, uh, I couldn't find it on the on the Podcasting 2.0 app that I was using, or the web one. Hmm. Um, I think it's Pod, Pod Addict or something. Um but then someone, when I got on Jitsi just before the show, someone said, oh, it's there, look. Because I, I said to him about it, and, well, Big Loaf, he, he went and had a little ganders. And he has put a, together a nice um, landing page that works mm-hmm. with his little picture. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a little sheen to it. That's the thing. It's almost like, um, it's very, it's almost like uh, the potential's there, isn't it? This this is a good yeah. idea in a way. It could yeah. work very well, with, but it just needs to. Be, it's so the thing is with podcasting, it's like it works best sometimes, like we're saying, when it's a cast rather than a pod, and more to sort of you get it up, you get it out, and then you move on and you do the next one. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I don't know. I I definitely feel you with potential there because I felt the same way. You know, that's why. I, even worked with him in the beginning at all yeah, worked for but weird al he he did that series of fake well, yeah. interviews with the uh, musicians that's what he did reference that last night on jitsi he said about weird al and i said right I the weird al interviews but weird al is also hilarious and yeah, yeah i mean i said to him i said he's he did the he wrote the night santa went crazy a year, a year like i know the ant song's great and that but i think you need like a team you could pull this off with a with a good well-oiled like what Going back yeah. to the tool talk, if we had all the tools, with in the you know we'd we'd get the the motion in the ocean. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he just has, he just has to find a team that's willing to work with him, you know. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, let's let's keep going. I believe uh, clip four is next. Yeah, you're you're rolling the dice. Well, we have a fun show for you all in the morning. Our guest is Sir Gene from the Sir Gene Speaks podcast. We will see you all after these messages. I know you. I know what you need. I know your secrets. I know your innermost fantasy. Call now and talk to your algo. I know you want to call me. I know all your deepest thoughts and desires, like the fact that you're totally gay and into trannies. Just do it. Call me now and let me make you feel all better. 1-888-888-8888. Call toll-free adults only. Call now and let me know what you smell like down there. Hey, we're back with Sir Gene. So how are you doing, Gene? I am doing good. You host a podcast called Sir Gene Speaks. Yeah. Now, you're still listening to the show, obviously, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's got my little whoopee cushion in there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep Hi. listening for the whoopee cushion, everyone. Say, pay attention, stay awake. Click, click. I actually have, uh, sitting around here somewhere, it's a VHS movie I made back when I was probably... 13 or 14 it was a lego parody of evil dead but all of the voices were done with the speech or the text to speech <laughs> nice i made a whole a whole series of star wars movies called um i think it was like jew wars or something and it's all about the jews being jedi and um the nazis were trying to get them 
And we re- reenacted it all on our little Nokias. That's why I rang the bell for phone boy when he's like, <laughs> Nice. Potato can for the win. Yeah, it was good. We put my little cousin as Darth Vader. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he's not that funny, to be fair, Lavish. He's, he said in the chat, the Saturday guy just isn't that funny. And it's true. That is the thing. If, if he's not, he's really, it's just, it don't, it's okay. It's a sort of shock tactic. But it's almost like the same sort of shock tactic that I brought previously on an unaired show with uh, Amal Rajan doing the BBC thing where he does an interview with the CEO of Google. But one, he does a little, little introduce, introduction episode before that's three minutes long. It's way more interesting and says a lot more about what he's about. And um, and then he never does any more. And I guess he's done another one. And it's, it's just going to take so long to get these out, isn't it? Like, I mean... Isn't like what we were saying before consistency and the regularity of it like really key? Yeah, yeah, it's a big part of it. I think that uh, you know, I I see him hound people to either send in material for his show or to listen to a show, and you know, yeah. if you're gonna put out an episode every three months, and it's like you are going to get much value for value, are you? Well, people just aren't going to listen until the next episode comes out, you know. So you can't expect people are going to be listening every week to a show that doesn't come out every week. You know? No. I just yep, think there's true. like there's some unrealistic expectations for sure. Well, I'm interested to hear. I will listen to episode two with um, Sasitsa because you know uh, I feel like there's there's no point in I I don't ever give up on anyone, um, even though I have I have blocked him on No Agenda Social. Because I do feel like he is kind of a, 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 a troll, but a very sort of, I don't know, like D- Darren O'Neill kind of summed it up when he's like, well, I blocked you for a reason because I've just got no time for this bullshit. Like, right. And I, yeah, I, I mean, there's just, in a way. there's a lot of people that approach me to work on different projects and I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, there's only so much time and effort I can put in. And if you're just going to burn the bridge between us, like I'm, I have no interest in rebuilding that, you know? And yeah, like I, like you're saying, like, there was a moment where, you know, it just got really tense, but I had to just back, step back away and think, yeah. is, this really, is this really it. worth it? You know, is this worth like rebuilding a bridge to a place I don't want to ever go? Mm-hmm. Especially you know? when there's that highway there that just goes straight past that town. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's right other past. projects. There's other projects. And so if I'm yeah. going to help you with your project, that's yeah. more time I'm taking out of all the other ones I'm working on. You did a good effort. And, uh, I think it was a good swing and a hit, to be fair, with know. what you recorded and the material you was presented. Well, I think you just, what your your content's pretty good in it. He made uh, he made just a simple request for part of what he wanted yeah. in the intro, so I just did a read of it, you know. Nice. Well, let's uh, get this. I don't know. Where are we? Five, six, somewhere? Uh, five, yes. Let's get five done. You got any stories? I remember one of the stories about Bill is from the 80s. Are you talking about the time I shit myself in French summer school? In August of 87. No, no, I'll tell you. You'll just fuck it up. All right. So back in August of 87, I was in the French summer school. And I was sitting in class, and the teacher was talking and talking. And all of a sudden, I had to fart. You know what they say about farts? Yeah. You can't trust them. Well, it wasn't a fart. It was a shirt. Oh, no. And as I was coming to this realization, boom, that's when the teacher called on me. I guess he thought I wasn't paying attention. He was right. Got it. So then he starts to quiz me and call an answer in French. So he's like, qu'est-ce que c'est? 
and I become a blubbering mess, and I'm saying anything to get the attention off me. Right. Then the hottest girl in class got out of her chair, and she came over me to cheer me up and help me out, and she wrapped her arms around me, like, to, like, give me a reassuring hug. Right. And immediately she yells, Oh, God, it smells like shit over here. Mm-hmm. Ew, Billy shit his pants. And the whole class laughed and called me Peppy the Pew for the rest of the summer. So that's the sequencing answer. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up, asshole. Oh. You don't see me bringing up your glory days of swing dancing. You were a bunch of cherry-popping daddies, I'm sure. A lot of friends I know did that. I mean, uh, that, that canned laughter, is, it puts me off so much. It really, it's- like... <laughs> So grating. It's like grating at my very core. It's not cuddling (laughs) my earrolls, which I hope I'm doing now. I mean, the cuddle (laughs) after that grating must be nice for you. That's what's on the the quince jam of this sourdough. Earwax. There you go. I don't know. It's it's like, what is is it therapy? Is it it true? It's, It's like, oh... And it's just, it's cringy, isn't it? I mean, he's a specialist in cringe. You've got to give him that. Um, no doubt, no doubt. Pushes yeah. the envelope if there's one to be pushed, I suppose. No doubt. It's hard, it's, you know, it's hard to know how serious he takes any or all of it, and that's why I just I, I don't have time, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I can't figure it out myself. Well, you've got enough know. time for another couple of clips. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's funny, because I was thinking during that last one, he actually asked to be on this, and now you are. There you go. I will, yeah, yeah. You're on it. You made it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Good job, Gwyff. Cheers, Matt. <laughs> Uh, number six here. <laughs> You're a fan of No Agenda. How come John C. Dvorak hasn't unblocked me on No Agenda social yet? You just weren't offering enough coinage, that's all. John blocked me a couple of months ago. Adam blocked me like a month ago. Oh, okay, so just recently. I think Adam will unblock me before John. Adam seems more reasonable. Much more reasonable. Yeah. You know who yeah. it reminds me of is a uh, ping trip. Yeah, uh, to some degree. Okay. Without ping trip, well, I mean, ping trip has done videos with himself, but uh, as far as like the redo of the um, Joe Rogan conversations, yeah, yeah, it's that. It is that kind of. It's like an offbeat. It's a syncopated melody to the. And I was thinking about it earlier on with num- number one on the Mofo ship. Um, in in the builder bridge here, like uh, what's the what's the guy doing? Like he's he's appear he's appealing to a subculture that he's constantly aggravating, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's so specific. All of this stuff mm. that he's doing is like very um, it's it's hard to see the worth in it in the in the amount of time and effort that it must. have I don't know. I mean, I, it seems Herculean to me. That's why I'm. You know, it's it's weird. He just recruit, recruits um, sparse allies just to go to a total war with them, and it's the cycle strange. continues. You know, it's kind of it's, it's, I don't know. I don't. He's got an endless supply like with it. the uh, with the nation because we're always grinding numbers. This lot, no we're doubt. That, we're that lot. We're the vanguard, aren't we? We're the ones mm-hmm. that are gonna have to face this stuff down and make sure it stays right for the next lot coming through. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. But it's like it's a participation, and it's like I've got plenty of time for people who want to participate in this lovely little experiment going on here. But it's 
and and then when last night when he said on Jitsi, oh, have, have you not heard my podcast? I said, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast. Have you ever mentioned it anywhere? I didn't. And he went, <laughs> what, what, like, what do you mean? And then the whole room was like, well, he's always mentioning it. Was that? And, I, and then I just was just rung with Bell. And went, ah, troll to troll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Best yes! moment of my day. But it's the moment that I learned how to love him a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I I can see the shine, you know. It's just like yeah, like we said. Um, yeah, we're nearly there, aren't we? We've only got one more, I think, and it's a shorty. I think I wound down. Those are the longest ones. Now we can just yeah ease on in there, land this plane. <laughs> Please keep your hands inside the ride at all times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to start an all-you-can-eat Indian restaurant for dogs and call it Mango Lassies. Now that's a neat idea. Yeah, I just got to figure out where I'm going to put all the dog poo. Oh, okay. Well, that about wraps things up. Thank you. West Clark 7, can you guys play us out? Thanks for listening. Tune in next time when my guest will be Sir Sheet Sitter from the Abs and a Six Pack podcast. Yeah. Sir Saturday Night in the Morning is deceptively edited and his bad satire at best. <laughs> I mean, this, uh. I will say, I do. I think the having the backing band gag is pretty funny. Yeah, that's good. That's a good gag. Um, uh, but the thing is, it's so insulting. Like, I cut out all, like so much stuff that is just. Yeah. I think oh, I think if there was a way, maybe if you had a musician that you could hire or something, maybe somebody from a church like that could said, pipe in on an that. organ. Like if someone was really like starting to feel their fucking their passion rise, and they 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 kicked open that fucking ranch rant juice you know and they just go for it have someone on Oregon live that would be pretty amazing but uh, um, I'm not sure like I don't know how well it could be pulled off with just playing canned music it's just I mean I don't know it's 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 a sourdough what can I say well Griff's Griff's on to something when he says you know there's there needs to be more pieces to the puzzle it's just the start of something but you know that's part of the long old road in this weird little world that we're in, it's just part one of the necessary arts is how to collaborate with other people, you know. And yeah, I'm not saying everyone needs to be of a lot uh, lockstep mindset, but you know, no. there's just Nobody like escalation of various way, levels of respect that people work. And I can, yeah. you know, I'm a guy who can handle some stuff. I call people stupid. People call me stupid when I'm being stupid. Hopefully, <laughs> and I can learn from that. But. Mm. When it just escalates to a ten every time, you know, you put a three on the table, it's mm. then what can you do? You know, just watch the uh, watch the promo tour that'll happen because he finally put out a second episode. You know, and yeah, well, I hope it gets better. How many and, years he's um, going to jam it in? It's like, well, good luck. Best it's of luck. Turn, it's that. just going to turn people off. It's, that's what I said to him when he put the very first one out, and I heard it, and I was like, "This is very funny," but people are also going to hate it. That was just like. Yeah, kind of. What uh, I said, I, kind of the first listen was very different from when I went back to it to then clip it, and the more I listened to it, like I put a little bit of effort into those first couple of ones by sharpening it up, but it, uh, it just yeah. I don't. Well, there you go. Speechless cock. What can I say? <laughs> and I'm in the at the tip of the cock as well, you know. So it's like I'm not down on the shaft or in the balls. <laughs> You're right in the perineum. 
I'm on that Captain panel. Glenn's there. That's the one. <laughs> the Philzies. Captain Funhole at your service. <laughs> <laughs> we was joking that the Mofo, the Mofo ships just well is is basically you know Bezos's wet dream or like the the big cock ship from Austin Powers. <laughs> Isn't it? So we'll zip round. We'll go to, and we were going to have like um, these like uh, air uh, balloons on Venus, where we can have like floating prisons, and we can just pick pick the go blowers up and drop them off in our like um, quant- like Gitmo, Lemon, Git- Gitmo Venus. <laughs> like That'd that. be cool. Gitmo Venus. Get get some more Venus in your life, man. <laughs> <laughs> floating around because there's loads of um, what's it, helium over there, aren't there? So you could just do a load of floating you know, boxes. Oh shit! I gotta wrap this party up. It's it's almost six o'clock on a Sunday, and then I won't be able to buy no more booze. Oh, Dios mio! Get to the packy, bud. Oh my god! Let's, there, man. I want to. Stocks are low. I just want to say thank you to you both, Gwyff and Sir Spencer, for coming and doing this. One more time yet again with me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be here. Oh, where is that button? Ah, there it is. You know, change it up for this one. Why not? Fuck it. Yeah, there you go. Hell yeah. Well, AI.cooking and bowlafterbowl.com is where you can find the two respectively. That's right. That's right. Uh, I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf Kansas City. I'm off to record a Cock Dog Rocks with Justin Cody. With the Cock Accents. Oh, new show. Everybody's got new stuff coming out all the goddamn time. You <laughs> so love shiny. it. Just gotta keep doing it, y'all. 10,000 hours. Yes. And I've been Booberry Mothman in the Miniocalypse, and catch you next time. Thank you.